Welcome, Hudson Valley, to this week's edition of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program that runs across Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley radio stations. Happy holidays! It's one week until Christmas. Hope you're ready to celebrate all of your upcoming special occasions. Most of all, I wish you much love and happiness wherever you find yourself this December. This week's guest is Lynn Melicaro, Executive Director of the Dutchess County SPCA. The SPCA is not only the go-to organization for all animal welfare issues, but they're also helping people of the Hudson Valley in ways you may have never considered. Lynn also talks about the best tips when it comes to adopting a pet for the holidays. We invite you to join us and listen to a previously recorded conversation between Lynn and myself here on In Touch. Hello, Hudson Valley. You're listening to In Touch, Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley's public affairs and issues program. We got a great episode for you today. Representing the Dutchess County SPCA, we have the executive director, Lynn Melicaro. Lynn, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely fantastic to have you here today. Really appreciate it. And it's funny, you know, I've, I've driven by the SPCA like pretty much every day for my entire life, but I've never stepped foot in and I've hear, I hear so many great things about it, but there's still so much that I can learn and there's so many things that the public can learn as well. Uh, first of all, with the SPCA, you think animals first and the work that you guys do with the animals is fantastic because uh, you guys are a no-kill shelter, correct? That's right. I think that's really cool because most of my life since I was exposed to the SPCA, I thought that was just how it was done. When I saw like stuff on TV where it would say uh, with other shelters, I was like, but wait, the shelter down the road doesn't do that. So I'm glad that that is part of the philosophy. But not just that, you guys are very altruistic when it comes to the human aspect of things as well. And I think that's a part of the SPCA that something that people really don't know. So do you think we could talk about a little bit what you guys do, uh, not just for the pets, but also for the owners and the people themselves as well? Sure. Well, you know, a lot of it actually has to do with the point you made that a lot of people sort of drive by and they have this idea of how animal shelters work. And people actually often don't really understand what goes on in animal shelters. So traditionally, people always think of animal shelters as this is a place where, you know, if you if, you know, there's an unwanted animal, it can go there and then we'll, um, you know, house it and then find a home for it. That's true. And that's how animal shelters have traditionally worked. But there's a new way of looking at animal shelters, and that's the what we're trying to do at Dutchess County SBCA. What it's about is instead of just seeing it as a sort of warehouse for animals that people don't want anymore, you know, for strays or for people who will say can't keep their animal anymore, they just bring it to the SBCA. Instead of looking at it that way, progressive animal shelters are trying to do, and what we're trying to do is instead see the shelter as almost a human service organization to help people actually take care of their pets as much as possible. So let's think about some of the issues, some of the reasons why you might surrender an animal, for example. Of course. So say, you know, the animal gets sick and you can't afford the veterinary care. A lot of people might take an animal to the shelter and say, you know what, I'm sorry, I can't care for this dog anymore. Its problems are too much for me. Take the dog. What if I came back to that person and said, look, we'll treat your dog at cost, customize a repayment program for you so that you could pay like, you know, $10 a week or $10 every other week until the bill is paid off and you keep the dog. What if somebody comes and says, you know, I can't, I don't want this cat anymore because it won't use the litter box. What if we say, look, 
there are reasons why cats don't use the litter box. Here are some things you can do to see what's causing the cat to do that. Mm. Maybe it's the litter. Maybe the cat is seeing other cats outside the window running down the street and is, is, you know, marking territory. Maybe the cat is anxious for some reason. We have experts that will work with people on behavioral problems for cats and dogs so that they don't give the animal to the shelter. Instead, they can keep the animal and learn how to manage those problems. What if you go into the hospital and you can't keep your animal? Um, there's nobody to take care of it. Dutchess County SBCA will board that animal free of charge for 30 days until you get back on your feet. Wow. Now, this is good not only for the community but also for the shelter because it prevents animals from coming in in the first place. Yeah. So it keeps our um, animal population down inside the shelter. Um, And it also, most importantly, keeps the animals with the families that love them. Because I can tell you from experience, people don't surrender pets because they want to. 99% of the time, they don't want to give up the animal. There's a reason. So what we're trying to do is say, is ask, what is that reason? How can we help? How can we help you keep your animal? In that way, the whole community almost becomes the shelter. We help people take responsibility for caring for the animals themselves. That's a much more successful way to operate, we feel. I'll admit I'm getting a little uh, cloudy-eyed right there. That's really a nice thing that you guys offer there. You see on TV or movies uh, sometimes where, like, you drop the dog off and run, but that's not the case. As you're saying, it's like people really want and have that desire to keep it, but they get to a stressful point where they can't. But I think that just goes to say with this quote, a uh, famous quote, there's many ways around a roadblock. And you guys offer those different routes and those paths to those people to show them it's not just one and done, black and white. There is this gray. There are many opportunities here. We can help you with it. That's right. To that end, we also have um, developed partnerships with a lot of organizations in the area. So, for instance, Grace Smith House, which helps women escape situations of domestic violence. Um, We've had a longstanding partnership with them, which I'm very proud of. Um, If a woman goes into Grace Smith House and has animals in the home, we'll take those animals and board them for as long as is necessary until she gets, you know, her life back in in order and, and gets back on her feet. One reason why that's very important is because a lot of women, and studies have shown this, will not leave a situation of domestic violence if animals are there because mm. animals will often be used as leverage against them. So if they have, a, we, they have a safe place where they can keep their animals while they go into Grace Smith House, they are more likely to leave that abusive situation and get help. That's a fascinating statistic. I think that's uh, very similar, as they say, when there are kids in the situation, you don't want to leave but very much similar pets, you know, they're very often referred to as the fur babies. You know, they are like another child. And if it is in the middle, that's that's a very interesting statistic and sure. not one that I was familiar with. And I'm sure a lot of people weren't either. That's great. Uh, great to know. Thank yeah, you. Because, uh, you know, in a lot of these cases, too, those pets were the only source of love for for that woman in the house. You know, they get they are very attached to them. They come and visit them you know, as often as they can every day. And, and they, they always take them back, you know, as soon as they get on their feet. That's the first thing they do is they come pick up their pets. That's, that's great. I was about to ask about that. What are the visitations like? Are there certain times where they would have to be restricted to? Are they able to come in regular business hours? How does that work for them? We work visitation? it out individually for each person. That's great. 
So yeah. that's great. Yeah, and we also have a program with Hudson Valley Hospice too um, to, to help take care of pets of people that are in hospice. So you know, and all of these are just a way to you know really help the community as a whole be. Uh, the the protector of all these animals. Now there are situations where you simply can't keep a pet. There's you know, I'm, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are some situations where people absolutely cannot keep their pet. In that case, we obviously will take the pet in free of charge. There's no fee for dropping a pet off. Um, and we um, are dedicated to finding a good home for that animal. Now, something you brought up about Hudson Valley Hospice, mm-hmm. as somebody who's dealt with it twice in the last year with my grandparents, it's a very stressful time for many families going through something like that. How does that work when the family member in hospice does pass away and the pet doesn't have a home to necessarily go back to? Maybe a family member might take it, maybe not. What happens at that point? If a family member can't, I mean, obviously that's always best if a family member can take the pet, but if if there is no family member to take the pet or they're unable to, we actually are funded by a program called the Boyd Hospice Program uh, that will allow us to keep the pet um, and and adopt that animal out to find a new home. Mm. And sometimes it's heartbreaking because a lot of times these animals are senior animals. And so we want to be really careful about where they they find a home. You know, they they also grieve. They miss their their guardian. So we try to we try to help the animal as much as possible through a grieving process, which I think is not dissimilar to what humans go through, and then find that animal a compassionate home. I think we hear those stories of when a pet owner unfortunately passes away, and then you hear shortly after the pet passes away as well. You know, that is a huge part of the grieving. Mm -hmm. Seven years ago, uh, my godmother passed away. And actually, it was only weeks after that her dog, Abby, passed right after. And those two were two peas in a pod. Those two were so connected. So I'm not surprised that Mm -hmm. that happened. It's great that you guys offer that and recognize that grieving process in the pets because, it's a true bond that you really have, whether it's a dog, a cat, any kind of animal. You're listening to In Touch, the Hudson Valley's Public Affairs and Issues Program. We are sitting down with Lynn from the Dutchess County SPCA. We've been talking about a lot of the human aspects that the SPCA offers with working with the Grace Smith House, working with Hudson Valley Hospice, and doing so much more to show that it's not black and white. It's like, I can't keep a pet. No, let's work out ways to figure this out together. Uh, you mentioned briefly about adoption a moment ago, and here we are in the holiday season. It's a big time for people to adopt pets, but I think every year there's also the conversation. It's a big responsibility. It's not like you're just getting a toy or something for Christmas, and then you can just throw it into the toy chest once you're done playing with it. No, this is a responsibility and you got to be disciplined about this and you got to be serious about this. What does the holiday season look like for the Dutchess County SPCA? Do you see rise in good adoptions? Do you see neglect? What, what kind of things do you see typically this time of year? As far as adoptions go, um, we do get in uh, some people who want to give animals as gifts. My advice is if you are going to give a pet as a gift, don't pick out the pet 
put it in a box and put it under the tree and let it sit in a box until somebody opens it. I know that there's an element of surprise that people find really endearing and you see it in videos all the time. You know, the box gets ripped off and the puppy jumps out and everybody screams and the puppy like is terrified. And uh, um, so rather than do that, what we uh, recommend strongly and and again, it's at our policies. We will not allow people to give pets as gifts unless they they can get a gift card. That's the one one option that we offer is they can get a gift card to put under the tree. Or and this is what I like because a lot of people will do this with children. With children, once we explain how to do this, they go on a mystery ride and they tell the child, you know, we're going to the car wash or we're going to you know the grocery store. And then they suddenly pull into the shelter and the the child's like, oh my god, what are we doing here? And they're like, here's your gift. Go pick your animal. Mm. And because we find that um, when especially children, are able to be involved in the decision process, they'll be much more invested in the animal. And they really will see it as a family member rather than as, you know, a, a gift that was given to them among other gifts. They'll see it as a family member and they'll, they'll, they'll invest in taking care of that animal. So that's what we recommend for uh, if you want to give an animal around the holiday season. The gift is your you're giving the animal, but, they actually, but, but let them come in and choose their, their, their own their own gift. That's really a great way of going about it to get into that process. I just had a conversation not that long ago of with another organization giving away gift cards for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And that way family members can participate in it together and they can feel fulfilled. They can feel joyed knowing that they were all a part of that process of fulfilling those wishes and gifts and everything. And that sounds very similar. That sounds very uh, inclusive. I'm sure that it really does increase that investment level right there and that bond. Exactly. Because, you know, I mean, you know, sort of what's been underlying a lot of what we've been talking about is that there is a special bond between a human and an animal. And that bond starts when, uh, you know, you walk into an animal shelter. You know, sometimes we say the animal chooses the person uh, because, you know, it's that moment when you realize that's the one. That's the dog I want to take home. That's the cat I want to take home. That that the, 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 the beginning of that bond is what lasts a lifetime. From my own personal experiences, experiences with friends, experiences with family and the pets, you know, that we've all had throughout that time, whether they were shelter, whether uh, it was gifts, whether they went out of state to try to find the animal, however, the situation just incredible. Heck, my girlfriend, one of her cats was a stray that would just show up on their doorstep all the time looking for food. And eventually was like, okay, let's take them in. And it's just so sweet and adorable. And they did all the proper things. They made sure it was checked and healthy and everything. But it's incredible. And yeah, it's that wonderful, that wonderful moment when you realize this was meant to be. Yeah. It's the, the meant to be moment. That's what you need to experience with a pet when you're when you're in a shelter or, or anywhere, um, you know, trying to find a, a, a furry companion. You know, you just you just know, you know, and if you're giving an animal, if you're choosing an animal for somebody else, that might or might not happen. Yeah. But if you go in and choose the animal yourself, yeah. you know, you, you'll feel it. You really will. No, exactly. You're, you're right. It's 
in that case, it's like forcing it upon is like, I hope this works. <laughs> but yeah, having that true connection, that uh, that movie magic, that spark of just seeing it and feeling it. And uh, no, that's that's a great experience. So we've been talking so much about how people relate during the holidays, how the SPCA can help and all that. But I'm curious a little bit about your background. What made you so invested in working with animals to this level and degree? I don't really know. <laughs> That's, it's a difficult question because um, I had a career in another field. I've always been a non-for-profit, but I had a career in another field in performing arts oh, wow. originally. I think I kind of had a sort of it was meant to be moment myself when I mm. realized that, you know, Dutchess County SPCA was was looking for um, a certain, you know, kind of leader. And, and I just felt like, you know, that's my job. <laughs> that oh. is my job. Um, and it's been it's been a wonderful experience. A lot of it has been rebuilding because the shelter did go through some very tough years and, mm. and a lot of executive directors went in and went out. You know, we are now recognized uh, in the top percentile of shelters in the nation for our animal care standards and uh, and for our work with the community. Um, and, uh, um, you know, uh, to get back to the um, what you we talked about in the beginning about being a no-kill shelter, a no-kill shelter is technically a shelter that has um, over a 90% live release rate. That is, 90% mm. of the animals that come into the shelter leave alive. And, uh, and our uh, um, live release rate uh, for the past several years has been 97%. Wow. So that's, the, to me, the sign of a, of a good, healthy organization. And we've got a very dedicated team of people who, you know, snow doesn't stop them from coming in and taking care of the animals. COVID did not stop them. They came in every single day. You can see in, in you know, the, the, the number of healthy animals that are leaving. I mean, we, we can't save them all. There's no shelter no kill or not that can save every single animal. Uh, but we are sure saving at least 97% of them. That's an incredible and amount right there. It, it is. It is. I mean, I'm very, I'm very proud of that. And it's, it's due entirely to an extremely dedicated, caring, compassionate group of people, the staff that's taking care of these animals. Wow. And to be ranked and recognized so highly in the nation, I would, I would easily say state. I recognize that it's a great program, but in the nation, that is incredible to be able to be, have been built up that highly. That's incredible. Yeah, well, it's all it's all based on on studies and percentiles and 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 the counts that uh, all animal shelters across the nation do. When you get into a certain percentile, then you know you're considered a, a top shelter. Wow, so. incredible. You're listening to In Touch, Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley's Public Affairs and Issues Program. Again, we have been talking with Lynn Melicaro, the Executive Director of Dutchess County SPCA. We've been talking about the holidays and how you know people give, uh, give pets around the holidays, but we've been talking about the best ways to get the family really involved and really invested in the situation to make sure that it's a long-lasting bond. Uh, another thing that you mentioned that I would like to ask about, you said that you have a great team around you and a great staff and uh, with everything. Now, I've heard of some shelters taking in volunteers and people helping out as well. Is that something that the SPCA offers? Do you guys have a volunteer program and how can people in the community get involved in helping out the SPCA? 
Oh, absolutely. We are always looking for volunteers. Um, some of the volunteering that we need requires some specialized training to, say, walk dogs or to so help socialize cats. Yes, we are, we're always looking for people to, to help do that. One thing that we really uh, could use help with is fostering. And that's an option sometimes for people who feel that they can't make a long-term commitment to an animal. Uh, fostering a, a dog or a cat is, is a wonderful way to sort of have a pet and and, and yet not have, you know, you know, a 10 or 20 year uh, responsibility toward that pet. Uh, we foster, we want to foster animals that don't do well in a shelter environment. Mm. So this might be, you know, anxious dogs that really, you know, need somebody at night to be with them or a cat that maybe doesn't like other cats. And so, you know, wants to be in a, in a place where it's, where that is the only cat. Uh, animals like that, thrive in foster. And it also helps us help even more animals. The more animals that go into foster, the more animals we can help in the in the shelter. So that, that's a that's a wonderful thing to do. And if you're if any of your listeners are uh, considering doing that, please just go to our website, fill out an application. We would love to hear from you. That's terrific. I, that's something that I've only heard of recently. A friend of mine in college she fostered a dog, and I didn't know that was an option. I didn't realize that that was uh, something that could be done, and she found it a very rewarding opportunity. She felt so bad having to give the dog back. They felt like they had a bond and everything, but, you know, she felt really happy to be able to, you know, make that happen and make a difference in that animal's life. Um, so then, yes, check and, out the website for that, if, for those listening. Yes. And then when she, and then when she get, brings the dog back from foster, that gives her space to foster another dog. <laughs> she moved, unfortunately. So I'm sure she'll probably do it again once she feels a little more settled, but yes, uh, I'm sure she probably would. She's a huge pet person and, uh, she's got, uh, her parents have two dogs and she loves those dogs to death. So I'm sure she'll probably get another one when she's a little more settled. You also mentioned for dog walkers and a couple other things that uh, specialized training. Do you guys offer said training or do people have to go elsewhere for some of that training for those volunteer roles? No, we all, we do all the training ourselves. Fantastic. So mm -hmm. good. It's all in-house. People can just come to you guys. Hey, I want to do this. And you guys kind of take them from there, lead them down the path. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, and our volunteers are absolutely integral to everything we do. I mean, we, we do have a great staff, but, you know, we're taking care of over 200 animals at any given moment. And um, uh, so, and we could not do it without the volunteers there uh, to, to, you know, to help walk the dogs, to help uh, with enrichment, um, you know, to, to, to spend the time, as much time with the dogs and give the dogs and cats human interaction as much as possible. So uh, there's no shelter that can operate without, without volunteers. Absolutely. I'm sure it's a very loving environment to see everything and everybody come together in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, terrific. Lynn, thank you so much for being here on In Touch. Is there any like last second thing that uh, the community should know about SPCA? Uh, where should they go for more information? What's, what's the best form of contact? The best source of information for Dutchess County SPCA is our website, which is dcspca.org. There you can apply to adopt. You can see all the animals we have. You can see foster applications, uh, volunteer applications, and uh, get some general information about um, how we operate and what we do and, um, and all that. Uh, also, importantly, you can donate. <laughs> 
Yes, donating is very big. If you're looking to donate to a very worthy cause, especially around the holidays, we're all a little more giving. The Dutchess County SPCA is a great place to go. And not just that, we will have all the links available for you on the website of the radio station that you are listening on currently. So don't worry about that. It will be all there waiting for you. Lynn, thank you so much for coming on to In Touch and happy holidays to you. Thank you, Connor. Same to you. Appreciate it. This has been this week's edition of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program that runs across Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley radio stations. We want to give a big thank you to Lynn for coming on. To learn more about the Dutchess County SPCA, visit their website, dcspca.org. That and all links and information can be found in the description of this episode. In Touch keeps growing and growing. I'm excited to announce that you can now stream In Touch wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right. You can find In Touch episodes new and old on your favorite streaming services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. That and listen on demand with your Town Square radio station mobile app. Of course, you can still find all articles and audio under the In Touch tab on this radio station's app and website. Don't forget, we're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at InTouch underscore HV. We're booking guest spots for 2023. Yes, it's going to be here before you know it. Whether you have a topic you want discussed or you want to be a guest, the best way to contact us is through our office number, 845-471-1500, or email direct to connor.walsh at townsquaremedia.com. I've been your host, Connor Walsh. Until next time, stay curious, keep an open mind, and as always, I'm glad we get to spend some time. Cheers to the holiday season. <laughs>